to the podcast for North Decatur Presbyterian Church. We are a PCUSA congregation located in Decatur, Georgia. You can find out more about the church, our service to the community, and our great education programs for children like me and youth and adults at ndpc.org. You can also follow us on Facebook. If you're in the Atlanta area, we hope you'll come join us in person. Okay, that's it. On to this week's scripture and sermon. Three scripture readings this morning. All related. The first is from Genesis. The end of the first creation story in Genesis chapter 2. Thus, the heavens and the earth were finished and all their multitude. And on the seventh day, God finished the work. And God rested on the seventh day from all the work that God had done. So God blessed the seventh day and hallowed it because on it God rested from all the work that God had done in creation. From Exodus, the 20th chapter, the giving of these 10 extraordinary instructions that shape and form our life, the giving of the law from Sinai, chapter 20. Remember the Sabbath day. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. For six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day, The seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work. You, none. Your son or daughter, none. Your servants, none. Your livestock, no work. The immigrant in your towns, nothing. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, but rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day, and consecrated it. And finally, from Deuteronomy, the 15th chapter, the first verse. Every seventh year, you shall grant a remission of debts. And this is the manner of remission. Every creditor shall remit the claim that is held against a neighbor. Not exacting it from a neighbor who is a member of your community, because the Lord's remission has been proclaimed. And there will be no one in need among you. The word of God about the Sabbath For the people of God, together we say, thanks be to God. Raise your hand if you've ever felt stressed. (laughs) Yeah. 
Stress is normal. Right? Stress is normal. It's our body on alert. We're responding to changes and challenges that are happening in the world around us. We are made for stress. It's normal. It's what kept us alive on the savannah a couple hundred thousand years ago. Your heart rate goes up. Your breathing gets faster. Your eyes open wide. It's the fight or flight response to something around you. But we'd be foolish to notice that something's changed. There aren't any saber-toothed tigers anymore, not here, to make us feel stressed. What makes us feel stressed? The internet went down, and we cannot get a real person on the phone at AT AT&T. Right? That's it. Or the fact that there are so many cars on this very tiny road every single day, and I am sitting here in traffic, and I am not moving, and what did that guy just do? Right? Or I just found this strange charge on my credit card, and oh my God, someone has my credit card number. Or how much... Gas and food and rent and tuition and insurance costs. Oh, my Lord, I cannot afford that. Or it's, I have to pick the kids up and then I have to get the groceries and I have no idea what I am making for dinner tonight. And where is my spouse? Why don't they ever help? I probably raised your stress level just by going through that list, didn't I, right? You felt it, I hope. Stress has gone from something that's episodic to being the normal way that we move through the world. For some of us, our stress responses are always on. And when our stress responses are always on, bad things happen to our bodies. Aches and pains don't go away. We can't sleep at night. Headaches and high blood pressure Problems digesting our food, problems with intimacy, immunity problems, increased risks of things like cancer and heart disease, anxiety and anger and depression and sadness. We self-medicate with food or drink or risky things or the dopamine shot of the device in your pocket. Stop me if I'm reading your email. Anyone who's a medical professional in the house will tell you that stress is bad for your health. They will prescribe all kinds of things to fix your chronic stress. Exercise, good one. Eat healthy, that's important. Get to bed at a regular hour, that is important. Detox from the news about Donald Trump's latest criminal activity, for crying out loud. Get a therapist while you're at it. Write down three things that you are grateful for every day. Try yoga or deep breathing. Connect with other people on a regular basis. And join a church, for crying out loud. Did you know that church members are happier than other people on average? Amen? Jesus said you should not worry. Only as much as the birds of the air and the flowers of the field worry. 
Yes, there are things that we all can do to manage our stress. But the truth is that being told that you are responsible for managing your stress is just another thing that you've got to add to your to-do list now. What we want to know is how we get off the hamster wheel. We want to know how it is that we can get ourselves to all stop running and running, getting nowhere fast. Can we all just get off? Isn't there a switch that we can throw to turn off the machine? Isn't there a wand we can wave to make everything slow down? I mean, couldn't we just invent a day when all of us agreed to do nothing? Wouldn't that be amazing? I remember a story that I heard that was told by the late Jonathan Sachs, who was the chief rabbi of Great Britain and a really amazing storyteller. There was an 18th, 18th century rabbi. This has been going on for a while, by the way. 18th century rabbi, Levi Yitzhak of Berdekev. And he looks out and he sees people running all around the town square and he wonders why are they all moving so frenetically. So he goes up to a guy and he stops him and he says, why are you moving so fast? And the man says, well, it's obvious I'm running to make a living. And the rabbi says to him, how come you're so sure that the living is in front of you and you have to run and catch it? Maybe it's behind you and you have to stop and let it catch up with you. Rabbi Sachs then asked, is there any part of our contemporary culture in which we stop and let our blessings catch up with us. In my tradition, he says, we call it Sabbath. All of us moderns are so smart. We think we are, at least. But in other ways, we are dumb as bricks. We have let ourselves get tricked. We have let ourselves get fooled and conned. The Chamber of Commerce was delighted to get rid of the Sabbath because it was one more day to sell us things that we don't need and make us workers show up at work. And we like shopping. It's a stress relief. So we said, okay, why not open for business on the Sabbath? And most of us thought it's good to get rid of Sabbath. It was a, a fine change overall because what we're really getting rid of is heavy-handed, old-timey religion with its patriarchy and its enforced piety. And besides, it's good to get rid of those darn blue laws anyway, right? Who doesn't want to drink on Sunday? So we got rid of the Sabbath. But we got fooled. Scripture, it turns out, is wiser than we give it credit for. Scripture, obviously, from what I read to you this morning, it's painfully obvious. It requires a full day of rest. A full day for you to delight in your life. A full day when nobody's got to do any work. Not even the livestock have to work on the Sabbath. 
A day whose purpose is just delighting in the goodness of God. This day is so essential to the proper ordering of God's good creation that it became ingrained in the very economy itself. Not only is every seventh day a day of Sabbath rest, every seven years all debts are forgiven. Every seventh of those seven years is the Jubilee when economic injustice is remediated and all lands are returned to their owners because in God's good world, Everything is for everybody. And in God's good world, everyone is guaranteed the right to enjoy the material blessing of God's creation. Now, if you're not a regular Sabbath observer, I am not blaming you. We have this lousy habit in America of taking problems that are systemic in nature and individualizing the solutions. You know what I mean by this, right? Our food system, the way we get food is a conspiracy of huge corporations that sell us sugar and fat at very low prices and then we get sick and they tell us that it's our fault and we've got to go on a diet. We've allowed corporations to sell us these gadgets that literally are designed to colonize our brains. They subvert our ability to be at rest. And then we're told we just have to have enough willpower to put them down and turn them off. Y'all know by now that I'm pretty sour these days on American capitalism. It seems like its incentives have released demonic impulses into our common life. Capitalism wants to set the terms for all of the way we live. Not God, not goodness. Profit-seeking sets the terms. And what can't capitalism tolerate? Rest. Idleness. Freely sharing things in common. Solidarity and the elimination of social class. Capitalism thrives when we are restless and anxious to make money. It wants everything to have a price. It thrives when there's inequality and envy. Could it be any clearer, friends, that one of the antidotes to the stress of modern life is Sabbath? Shabbat. In Hebrew, means rest. It means stop. Stop working. Stop fretting. Stop accepting the lie that there is not enough in God's world for everyone. All right, Pastor. What am I supposed to do? Are we supposed to just make Sunday a Sabbath day again? Are we going to change the entire rhythm of our culture? No, it's not likely we're going to get our Sundays back as a whole culture. So what can you do to make Sabbath part of your own life's rhythm? Number one, number one, do not pathologize rest. It is okay 
to take a nap. It is okay to stop and rest until you feel renewed. Number two, take a digital Sabbath. Put the damn thing down, turn it off, lock it up in a box, put it somewhere where you can't see it or hear it. Disconnect. Number three, go away. Take your vacation. Get away, even if it's not far. Go someplace you haven't been before. Do something that is totally frivolous. Number four, plan a family or communal meal once a week. Gather at a table for no other purpose than to delight in the food in front of you and the people around you. Drink the good wine on that day. But it's not all about you. Because Sabbath at its heart is not an individual practice, right? It's not an individual solution to a systemic problem. It's about developing a communal ethic of Sabbath. Sabbath is an affirmation of how connected we all are. It says that every last person in this room, every last person in our community, every last creature on the earth is essential to the perfection of God's creation. So for us to practice Sabbath in the present moment is going to mean that we might have to get together in social and even political movements to join together with others who are seeking the same kind of rest and affirm the core values of Sabbath in our common life together. It might mean care for creation, making sure this earth lasts for the next generation. It might mean creating mandatory family leave policies, which are Sabbath affirming. It might mean transforming our healthcare system together from something that is employer based to something that is guaranteed to every person because you're alive, you get healthcare. Nobody should be in debt because you get sick. means living wages for every person who works, predictable schedules for everyone who works, community-based child care so everyone's kids are cared for. These are all, at their heart, Sabbath-affirming social goods. Our tradition has a wild affirmation. It says, God made the world, and God made it good. And then it says, the crown of this good creation. It's not us human beings. We think we are. It's not us. The crown of God's good creation is a day, a day set aside to receive God's great gifts, the sufficiency and abundance of food and drink and laughter and love. A day to receive the freedom to be and do and delight in life. A day to enact justice, real justice between us. The acknowledgement that all of us belong to God and belong to each other. The crown of creation is a day. 
God seemed quite sure that if we celebrated one day a week of Sabbath, it would change the way we live the other six. We act like we have to run and catch the blessings that lie ahead. What we need to do is stop and let our blessings catch up with us. Let the church say, Amen.